0: (laughs) okay now i can't stop laughing
1: (laughs) welcome to the crooked table podcast where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle and now your host robert yanis jr welcome to the crooked table podcast this is rob uh this is the show where we bring fans and critics alike to talk about films that meant something to them whether it's you know, a film that they grew up with or something recent that really emotionally resonated with them. So this week, I am pleased to be joined by longtime friend, uh, the famous Ashley Grant. Ashley, welcome to the show. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. Good to be here. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. So uh, normally, this is where I we explain how we know each other. So you, you want to explain a little bit about who you are and how we how we met and everything?
0: Oh, my God. We go way back. We're talking as old as the movie we're discussing today is how long we've known each other, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So we have known each other since we were in high school. We were working at AMC together. And um, then after we were working there, we actually followed each other into the same field. Lo and behold, we both ended up in the career of journalism. And now we create content online for our imaginary friends.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, you (laughs) went... You went, uh, you went full-time freelance, like, long before I did. And in fact, I think I kind of credit you as one of the, you're probably one of my inspirations for why I should, like, well, I should try that. Look, Ashley's doing it. She's making a, you know, making a, a living not working the nine to five, cause I did that for a long time between AMC and, uh, you know, going freelance full-time at least. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks to you. That's part of the reason that I, I guess I felt like it could be done, cause I knew somebody that was doing it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, October 2007 was when I whenever I decided, like, I'm proudly unemployable. And I've been uh, freelance writing ever since. I mean, yeah, I've had a couple stints at random nine to fives here and there. Like, you know, because freelancing is so insane. It's like a it's a roller coaster. Sometimes you don't know if you're gonna have steady income or not. But for the most part, yeah, it's, it's since October of seven, I've I've been Very proud to be, you know, in the freelance world, and and because I I just don't like authority. (laughs) I don't like writing. I don't like working for one person. I like I have to get fired by eight people before I'm completely unemployed, and I'd rather have that than you know the insecurity of jobs nowadays.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, plus you know the whole waking up early and having to deal with traffic and being kind of uh, on the at the mercy of a big corporation and having your hours set. I mean, you and I both like the ability to work whenever, whether it's like early in the morning or three o'clock and you know, three o'clock, 3 a.m. in the middle of the night or whatever. Like it's it's nice to have that time freedom to be able to do things when you feel motivated, not when you're supposed to be on, I think.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of the fact that we can work anywhere with Wi-Fi. You know, the fact that We don't have to be anywhere at a specific time that we're not going to get written up if we're five minutes late or, you know, oh, you want to take a two hour lunch? I'm going to dock your pay. Like, I I love the fact that we have the freedom to to do what we do. And I, I feel like it makes us better content creators because instead of being stuck in a box, we're able to actually produce you know decent content and if we work faster we don't get you know hurt for it we we still get the same amount of pay and so it actually motivates us to do more work and faster so i just yeah absolutely i'm i'm a huge fan of being a freelancer
1: (laughs) so you should tell the people a little bit about you know what you do where they can find you and uh this is sort of your shameless self-promotion spot
0: fantastic well um in my little space on the interwebs i'm known as famous ashley grant and my uh, website is famousashleygrant.com. it is my get internet famous experiment um i do not want to be kardashian famous but i'd be perfectly content being jk rowling famous minus the paparazzi um on my website i actually do you you, since you mentioned the freelancing thing i do have a course that i teach people how to be um, freelance ghostwriters because that's one of the big things that i've been doing since 2014 is i've been doing a lot of ghostwriting and i may not get the credit for that kind of stuff but i always get the cash and i'm okay with that um but in the meantime you know while i'm building my internet fame i'm i'm loving the fact that i can produce content for other people and and make their lives a little bit easier and give them a voice
1: yeah yeah great yeah and i mean that's something i've dealt with you know you actually helped me kind of get into ghostwriting a little bit too so uh yeah definitely check out ashley's ashley's website and everything you you and you always seem like you have about 14 different things going on, which I don't even know how you manage to do that. Because even just to do the podcast for me, well, you know, raising a daughter and trying to get other work done and like sort of being a, a stay at home dad, in addition to the other things that I do, I, I, uh, I don't know how you get everything done. Like you, you always seem so, uh, enthusiastic and like upbeat. And uh, I think that's very impressive. So just wanted to point that out to our listeners.
0: I think it's my ADD that helps <laughs>
1: <laughs> caffeine get to probably things like yeah, that. Yeah, There's
0: never a dull moment. And, and, you know, I, I thrive on it. I love it. Like I, I just, I get such a kick out of the fact that no two days of mine are the same and I, I just get a kick out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, uh, naturally, you know, I wanted to bring you on to the show with the new format and, um, you know, when I brought to you the idea of the premise of the show and everything, you named a movie that I was not expecting because it's one that I, I feel like I barely heard of. It's I, it really flew under the radar. I think it made very small at the, the okay, 23 million dollars at the box office on a 15 million dollar budget. And it's weird that it, it kind of that it slipped past so many people, including myself, just because it, it does have a lot of big stars in it and everything. So uh, or, or people that would become big stars down the line. Um, a lot of character actors and things like that So I guess we should just go ahead and announce that The feature presentation for this episode is The movie Confidence from 2003 So let's listen to a little bit of the trailer right now Confidence game is like putting on a play where everyone knows their
0: part Lionel, he's dead
1: What about the money? Everyone except for the mark.
0: I can't be here! You guys are late
1: You guys got a lot of sack, man It's confidence So it's confidence. So what do you hear? it
0: seems Lionel's an accountant for the king. hey what's a king? I'm not gonna hurt you. (laughs) Not a violent man. I like to think I'm above that.
1: Yeah, well, we all can't be model citizens such as yourself. Oh yeah.
0: You took my money. What's gonna happen now?
1: I play a cut. Mm -hmm. You get a cut, I get a cut, we get square. (laughs) All right. That was a little bit of the trailer for confidence. and, actually, uh, Ashley, since you're the expert on this film, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what the, you know, what the film is about, like, what the, what's the plot?
0: Well, the Reader's Digest version of what the movie is, is it's literally about con artists who are trying to pull one big score, um, They, you know, since this is such an old movie and we did say that there probably wouldn't really be any spoilers considering the fact that, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, well, goodness gracious, that's not my fault. It's, what was it, 16 years old? Yeah, (laughs) 2003. Yeah, it's insane. So, um, if you are being spoiled by this, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what, what kind of drew me to the movie, um is that there's so many actors in it. Like you said, there's, there's a lot of stars in it. And just the fact that we're seeing these people be like trying to pull off a heist basically, uh, well not heist because that, that makes it sound like a bank robbery, but there it's a confidence game. Like that's the idea behind the movie is it's, it's not just, um, you know, run of the mill, you know, trying to steal from people or whatever. It's that they get them into a, an an act like they're they're putting on a show to swindle people out of money and you know in the in the opening of the of the movie you see um a couple characters basically getting swindled and um what happens next is what basically causes the rest of the movie you know how much can i give of this how much can i tell
1: well we'll get into the specifics in a little bit but yeah basically the they're already in the middle of a of a con uh fleecing somebody I like all the lingo in this we'll get to that um yes because everybody has their own they have their own language of everybody in this world um but yeah that's yeah. the inciting incident that sets off the the main I guess the main plan
0: yes and I just I, I was so drawn to it because I I was a huge fan of Rachel Weisz because of you know the movie Constantine and and I love Paul Giamatti in um sideways. So when I saw they were both in a movie together and then I saw what the premise of the movie was, I was like, oh my God, I got to watch this movie.
1: (laughs) So that's a good segue, actually. When did you first see Confidence? The first time
0: I saw it was probably, it was probably when it came out, I'd have to say. And then I completely forgot it existed, forgot I'd ever seen it. Because, you know, I I see so many movies that I, I sometimes forget that I've ever seen them. And so I um, was scrolling through some movies one day, I can't remember how long ago that was, but um, there was a free trial of Cinemax on Prime channels on Amazon, and I saw it go up, and I was like, okay, that's it, I I gotta watch it again, and fell in love with it all over again. I'm a huge fan of the series Leverage. I don't know if you're familiar with that TV series, but it reminded me a lot of that series, and so I was just hooked right away and, and had to watch it again. And I've watched it a couple times since then. And you know, I told you I just watched it again yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you, you, you know, when I, when I mentioned the the idea of the podcast to you and wanting to have you on, your first thing was really want your first idea was to talk about kind of heists or con man films, like as a, as in in general. So what is it about the genre? that you love so, you know, in in, in general, generally speaking, and then why, what made you select this film, you know, amongst that, you know, rather than Ocean's Eleven or The Italian Job or something like that's better known?
0: Oh, I love those too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Inside Man with Clive Owen. I mean, anything where the the little guy is trying to swindle the big guy and get away with it. I don't know why, but I, I, yes, the Robin hood type situation. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And I think one of the big things is I am such a goody two shoes. I'm such a, I've never, you know, been arrested. I'm always very cautious to, to not get in trouble with anybody. And so I think the, the movies that, you know, involve, you know, robberies and, and, con artists and things like that. I think the reason I'm so drawn to them is because it is a completely like that would never happen. I would never do something like that. And so I'm just, I'm drawn to see how they could get away with it and and see that opposite side of me that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Live vicariously through the characters, I guess.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, the funny thing about these, these films in this genre is you always want the bad guy to win. You you can't help it. You get so sucked in that you're like, okay, how in the world is this guy going to get away with it? And, and you, you almost feel bad if they get caught or if anything goes wrong, you're like, oh man, that poor guy, even though he's breaking the law.
1: Well, a lot of times I feel like what they do is they, they create an evil, even worse guy who they're stealing from plus they make the the quote-unquote good guys so charming that you're just like oh you can't lock up danny ocean look at him exactly look, look how horrible exactly. andy garcia stole his wife blah blah blah. whatever um, and i think this movie really leans into that that angle as well setting up uh dustin hoffman as sort of the the villain of the piece and edward burns has a very much like you know smooth kind of uh, demeanor to him as well
0: can I just say, I got an absolute kick out of the fact that Dustin Hoffman was the villain in this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I just, I, I loved every second of watching how uncomfortable he made me.
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's not something he does very often. Like, I, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, like, Hook, maybe. And other than that, he's usually, like, he's usually fairly sympathetic or someone we want to root for, you know?
0: Well, I mean, you know, one of the very first movies I ever saw him in that I fell in love with him for was Tootsie, you know, and in that movie, he's, he's such a a lovable character. You know, you're, you're rooting for him as he's acting like a woman the whole way through the whole movie. Uh, Have you seen Tootsie? Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, Yeah. Great movie, great film. And so to see him go from, you know, this lovable guy that you're rooting for all the way to one that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see them steal from him. (laughs) It was just wild to to go on that ride.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I definitely think that his performance here, I think, is one of the more surprising and kind of playful elements of the film. Uh, So if you're ready to jump right into spoilers, we can just jump into uh, the review section here.
0: Sure, I'm down.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So right out the gate, the movie has a, I mean, as you were saying, they're in the middle of a plan, but they, I think, already try and catch the audience kind of off guard because he starts off saying, Oh, so I'm dead. That whole thing. And, and you think that it's something's going on and it already kind of subverts your expectations. I, I think that was, that was a really cool way of, of opening the film, already kind of embracing the, the relationship between the audience and the movie and having Edward Burns character like speak directly to us, like breaking the fourth wall immediately yeah. into it. Is that a big part of why, uh, maybe why this movie connects to you?
0: It could be. It could be bad. And also the fact that, you know, like as soon as he opens his mouth and says, so I'm dead, you're immediately going, okay, so you're trying to con me too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I get a kick out of it whenever there's, um, whenever the characters speak to us directly. I, I, I think that's awesome. I think it's fantastic because it, it brings you in in a way that other movies might not. Like you almost want the character to talk to you, but they don't. And it's like whenever he directly addresses you, it I think it's awesome. I think it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean and it it's one of those it's one of those uh openings where you feel so you're so lulled into the fact that, oh man, Rachel Vice betrayed him and then like throughout the whole movie they're they making you think that that's they're making you think that's the case. And then, you know, only to kinda of pull the rug out from you as it goes along. Plus Early on, it felt it was basically like a festival of character actors, like everyone that showed up. I was like, hey, Donald Logue, Paul Giamatti, and Louis Guzman, and uh, Morris Chestnut. I was like, there's a lot of people in this movie.
0: There really is. And that's why I think it's interesting that, like you said, it kind of flew under the radar, and, and no one really knew about it. Because, you know, there are such powerhouse people in this film. And I just, I feel like it... It could have been so much more than it was, but maybe it'll be like in twenty years we're going to hear about all the cult following that um, that it has. Who knows?
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny too because you know Edward Burns is not an actor who's really relevant anymore. Uh, so in, in that way, yeah, the movie true. in that way the movie kind of feels like a time capsule of the early two thousands or late nineties, early two thousands. Hey, hey, you remember when Edward Burns was a movie star? <laughs> yeah,
0: like what was the last decent thing he did? Twenty seven dresses, and he wasn't even the star.
1: <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been a while. And then Rachel Weiss is now like, I mean, here she was just a few years after The Mummy and she was uh, acclaimed, but not like now she's like, every time she's in a movie, she's nominated for awards and everything like that. She's nominated for, uh, she was just nominated for a Golden Globe last night for The Favorite uh, as of this recording. And,
0: uh, oh, that's right. And I forgot she was also in Born Legacy. I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah, she's one of those actresses now that's uh, probably one of the more appreciated of of our time of her generation you know um so it's funny to see her in a in a movie that nobody saw you know where she's like maybe what i guess second or third lead in this film and she's uh you know not really she's not really carrying it it's edward Burns movie and rachel west is supporting i think that's interesting uh dynamic and how the the industry has like it's kind of swung the other direction on the the pair of uh, leads in this one
0: yeah I mean, and the fact that, you know, you know, in the, in, uh, I mentioned Constantine again, cause I absolutely loved her in that film, but in that film, she's the innocent, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the whole Dustin Hoffman thing, right. she, you know, you, you're used to seeing her as an innocent, and Grant you, she did Constantine after confidence, but I saw Constantine first and, um, it's just, it's interesting to see her, you know, be the bad guy in mm-hmm. the film. I, I just, you know, and, and I don't know something about, um, how she is in the in the movie it's like she has the confidence i wish i had you know just the outfits she wears and the words that she says and her demeanor it's like i wish i had that you know mm-hmm. i wish i had confidence
1: <laughs> yeah it's true in a, in a way and then he says that edward burns uh, jake actually says that multiple times throughout the movie oh it's about confidence like about yeah. this lifestyle it's yeah it's confidence man because the, it's kind of the most important part of of pulling a, a pulling a a scam is to have that confidence. And it's interesting here, as you said, she, she was, she does a lot of times play the innocence or like the naive, you know, someone who's in over her head, like in the, even in the mummy or in uh, there's a movie that uh, called the brother's bloom that she did with uh, Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo. And she kind of plays like very bubbly type of character in that. And here she's more like the, the moody, like uh femme fatale almost.
0: The sultry temptress. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: So I think that's an it's an interesting kind of against type for her, especially at this point in her career uh, to see her do that. So, okay, so the movie is actually it's interesting. I do in my research for this, I discovered that it's directed by James Foley, who did movies like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but also most recently did the 250 Shades sequels,
0: which I thought was
1: interesting. I'm like, oh, so that's where his career went. Um, That's
0: uh, well, you know, sex sells. (laughs) Yeah,
1: there you go. (laughs) I thought that was just kind of random, and I wanted to throw that out. It's interesting, like, about oh,
0: okay. the Glengarry Gary, Glen Ross. That's that's fascinating because I mean that that totally isn't that a confidence game, too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it kind of is, and yeah, he's done a he's had a really interesting career and uh, doing House of Cards and things like that. So it's interesting to see him doing this, uh, doing this film early on with these such uh, such huge stars and having it, I guess, not particularly pan out because this was i guess it was a mild mild financial success as i said 23 off of a budget of 15 so um okay so let's just i guess kind of take this from the beginning so they're doing the scam uh they 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 fleece the money from uh Wesley i forget his name something or other but uh it ends up being money that belongs to the king played by Dustin Hoffman so, when we, we kind of talked about his performance a little bit already, about he, he doesn't usually do the villain and that kind of thing. Um, so what I found most interesting about his character is that he, he, he like toes this line between playful and sleazy, where he's like, you know, um, <laughs> he's like almost quasi flirting with Jake at some points. And then yes. when the two girls are like, you know, making out and stuff, he, he gets like morally offended. It's like, no, it needs to be tasteful. So he's all about tastefulness, but then he's like, he's, he's, he's a, you know, basically a gangster essentially. I mean, he's an independent as they say in the movie, but uh, I thought that was a real, yeah, a really interesting juxtaposition.
0: Yeah. That cracked me up because he's like, you know, your sisters, if you're going to be doing something sexual, you, you know, you got to be tasteful. Really? Like sisters <laughs> shouldn't be doing something sexual together anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: That, that's definitely very amusing. And um, I, I was so uncomfortable watching Dustin Hoffman's character, uh, the king, like, uh, he's the king, whenever he's um, grabbing uh, Lily's um, chesticles, mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Like, it was just like, oh, get your paws off her, you creepy old man.
1: <laughs> and he has this way of, uh, like, it's both revolting, but also, like, he's kind of charming and likable in his own way. Not charming, but, like, likable. You know, you, you, he's fun to watch in that role. And then he even kind of uh, has that, like, in that moment with Rachel Vice with Lily, where he's sort of intimidating, but he's like, he and us, and we're sort of unsure if she's actually kind of into it. You remember that?
0: Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I don't
1: know what's happening here. And I'm not sure okay, I want like, to. I'm,
0: I'm going to just keep doing it because she seems to be liking it. Yeah, exactly. Like, is she really liking it or is she thinking about stabbing you? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was definitely interesting, and I have to say, one of the things that fascinated me the most was when Dustin Hoffman's character realizes he's been swindled. He just laughs about it, like mm-hmm. he's 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 so proud of of Jake for doing it that he couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> he's was, he was just like, "Yeah, good for you. You you got me." <laughs> it's like that.
1: It was like that. Uh, oh man, I I ain't even I ain't even mad. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I know I'm going to jail and this really sucks and I'm going to catch you when I get out. But for right now, good for you, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you earned this one. Yeah. And it's it's kind of an honor amongst thieves kind of vibe between all of them, where they're, you know, they they all respect each other's abilities. Um, and, and Jake really kind of pushes pushes it with the king. I mean, he even comes back asking for like a, another 250 or whatever to pull off the to pull off the scam. Because he, cause the, he, the he owes him 150 he and then he asked, for, and I think he asked for another 200 on top of that.
0: Yeah. Yep, he sure did. And that definitely takes not just balls, but confidence.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? I
1: see. Well played. Well yeah. played. Um, of course, we have Paul Giamatti doing his kind of neurotic thing that he does. Um, and, and one thing that I think the movie really embraces, and I found kind of key to why uh why these characters are as as fun to watch or as relatable or whatever as they are, is that virtually everybody like the, the screenplay really focuses in on on character quirks. You know what I mean? Like uh the 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 king has his like very specific like his very specific thing, but he wants a four-shot espresso. And he's you know, his his persona is very well defined. And then Paul Giamatti has like this Fear of like he's like very particular about the bathrooms that he goes in, and you know everybody has their has their like little things, you know. And I yep. thought that was that was interesting because that's I mean that's those that kind of color is what makes these characters feel alive rather than just you know carrying carry rather than the audience just feeling carried through a tale without really ever caring about the stakes about what's you know what these people have uh kind of on the line. And uh, I thought yeah, that I thought that was a fun way. Right, exactly. I thought that was a yeah. a fun um, way to give these actors something tangible to work with, too.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love, I, I mean, I adore Paul Giamatti. I mean, seriously, him in Sideways was so freaking good. And, and I feel like this was just like another version of him from Sideways. So this is like undrunk Paul.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So we Paul Giamatti
0: yeah exactly yeah but she kind of want to give him a glass of wine and tell him that's okay buddy you can go to the bathroom wherever you want
1: <laughs> and then ends up the whole bathroom thing ends up being kind of uh a key element later in the plot too when he goes to the bathroom at uh what was it at the airport or something he goes to yes, uh, so yeah at the airport that whole thing so and a lot of those a lot of those elements of the characters kind of pay off which i thought was uh i thought was fun to watch
0: i, I did agree with one part though whenever um jake says that uh lily shouldn't have dyed her hair red i agree completely
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, yeah i agree with that <laughs> she could have kept she, it
0: brown i, I would have preferred that
1: <laughs> yeah i i do too it's um and, and he's very that's another character quirk he's very superstitious the movie kind of goes into yes. not only with the red hair but also with the the burns and how there's their symbol they symbolize death they show up a couple times and he's like oh we're screwed you just fucked us that whole thing. Yeah,
0: but he found a lucky penny, so that meant that the final heist was all going to go okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> of course, it didn't go okay for uh, what was his name, Louis? Um,
1: oh, whenever Lu- Lupus.
0: Yeah, Lupus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't go well for him. He he didn't make it out of the movie.
1: <laughs> no, I I mean to be honest with you, that twist I kind of so I kind of figured that was coming cause they they kept I would
0: have t- quit watching if it hadn't come. <laughs>
1: they, they kept building up to the not only him being shady with them and don't have betraying them. But the fact that he was the one that killed Big Al uh, early in the movie, because he keeps asking, he's like, oh, after this is over, you're going to tell me, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him, dude. Just, you know, if we Yeah. I, I think so, we
0: all knew it was him from yeah, the beginning, that bastard.
1: Yeah. Th- that's yeah. uh, movies like this, I feel like they have to kind of, I feel like they have to find a way to give little twists that we can figure out so that we don't see the bigger twists coming. You know what I mean?
0: But let's face it, we all knew the second that. Uh, Jake said he was dead. He was alive. We all knew that. Sort of.
1: <laughs> we we suspected that. I've seen movies we, where. We, I said, okay, well,
0: fine. We hope. <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, because <laughs> a previous episode I did on uh, American Beauty, and in that movie the open the, it starts with the the main character talking about being dead, and he actually dies at the end of it. So I was unsure which way they were going to go too with soon, it. Too
0: soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. But then again, we can't talk about Kevin Spacey because all the lawsuits. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's yeah proven spacey is one of those like we just we just don't talk about that person anymore we just sidestep that's why that's why i specifically said oh you know in american beauty the man who is the main character in that film says the man this. we shall
0: not mention yeah,
1: <laughs> the lord voldemort of american beauty
0: that's funny and yet we're, we mentioned james foley and house of cards so hmm it is all coming full circle there you go
1: that's how that's how it works it's all connected uh, Six Degrees of
0: Kevin Bacon. Sort of.
1: Where was he in this movie? That would have been a good addition.
0: Oh, that would have been a fantastic addition.
1: Kevin Bacon is, is he. He knows how to play this kind of. Uh, he knows how to toy with uh, audience expectations as well. If you've seen him in. Oh, Under
0: absolutely. P- I mean, come on. Did you see Wild Things? Was, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going
1: to say. In Wild Things.
0: <laughs> I really wonder if he did his own nude scene in that movie, though. I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> I think so. It's a. It's a. I, this is now a tangent, but I'm pretty sure it's a full. Full frontal shot, Oh, yeah, it's right? full frontal. Yeah. So full frontal in, in that movie. I don't think that movie had the budget to do, like, digital face replacement or anything. So I'm pretty sure that is uh, – that's the full bacon in that movie.
0: That's the full bacon? The full bacon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag full bacon.
1: There you go. So in this one, I was kind of alluded to it earlier about all of the uh, the lingo. I really thought that – that was another thing about this movie that I thought was really – Kind of fresh because even in a lot of these con slash heist movies, you don't you don't get like this. You understand that everybody in the film knows what they're doing, but you don't. They don't like formulate a language for for the games that they're setting up. Basically, I mean, Lily's the shill in this. Uh, they fleece people. Like everybody, everything is very specific. You
0: got the mark. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, everybody's. Uh, they they have specific terminology. I think. For things which I, helps create this that that world where people like you and I who aren't pulling cons can kind of get in, like absorbed and lost in uh, in um, the fantasy of well it must be cool to just run around running scams and making money and then like you know. Uh, you can kind of well and,
0: and one of the fascinating things is that it shows you just how much planning has to go into all of this stuff right. it's not like you just wake up one day and you're gonna you're gonna swindle somebody you you have to have a, a background a, a story to go with and and it, it's interesting how they actually give us a little sneak peek into the world of crime even though it's probably completely dramatized and, well, yeah. and it's not nearly that fun because you know as well as I do that in the real world if you're gonna if you do something like that to someone where you're swindling them they're probably not going to give you a second chance they're just going to shoot you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and and it's it it is very interesting how it's all dramatized and romanticized and i think that's one of the other reasons that i i like these types of movies so much is because it does romanticize them and and you kind of almost forget they're breaking the law
1: (laughs) yeah and and, i mean as far as the business side of things in the wake of oceans 11 which was 2001 i think this movie is probably part of the industry just being like, oh, okay, you, you like heist movies? Here, we'll, we'll, we'll push these through to development. Because Italian Job, I think, came out the same year. This is right like in the sweet spot where all the studios are trying to take, get these kinds of movies out there. And really yeah, there were a lot of actors
0: in, in Italian Job, too. I mean, yeah. and I didn't even know it was a remake until recently.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Caine from, like, uh, the 60s, yep. I think.
0: Yep. But, I mean, come on, let's just face it. Marky Mark is way better <laughs> in the film. <laughs>
1: Well, plus Charlize Theron and uh, Edward Norton. Oh, and- I love
0: Charlize Theron in it, and I mean Edward Norton. I've I've loved Edward Norton ever since I first saw Fight Club. I'm obsessed with Fight Club. I can't believe I didn't suggest that we talk about Fight Club. But you know, the first rule is you don't. Yeah, exactly. So that's why that's why I was trying to come up with another movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's complete bullshit. That's not what happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we want to talk more about. Let's talk about Andy Garcia. Who shows yes! up midway oh through God. this movie, and I was like, "Wait, what the hell is this?" It felt like a huge kind of uh, shift, in all of a sudden, where I, I, I saw his name on the on the you know on the DVD box, and I saw it in the credits or whatever, and I uh, you know I was uh, was waiting for Andy Garcia to show up, and when he did, it was not what I expected. It was just kind of this like this sketchy, I guess, government agent. Uh, without getting into what agency, which is ends up being a key thing later on. And, and it feels almost in a way like a kind of like a, a subplot from another movie just thrown in there like halfway through. Um, how did what do you how do you feel about the Andy Garcia? What is his name? Bhutan. <laughs> For a Bhutan. second, I was like, what's his I... name again? Um, yeah, Bhutan and his whole uh, his whole deal, I guess.
0: I loved his Thai story. You that have to watch funny. the movie, but I loved his tie story that cracked me up. But um, I, I loved him in the in the role that he had. I thought it was absolutely hilarious because it was like, you know, you already knew a double cross was coming. But then it was like a double cross meets a triple cross meets a what's going to happen next.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and, and I just I thought it was hilarious that they, you know, added one more spin to the mix. And you, and you think for just a second, like, oh, my God, you know, all these characters are about to all go to jail because, you know, this guy really is going to figure out everything that's going on and he's gonna throw them in jail and then you're like oh my god he's in on it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and then they and they uh it's the payoff for much earlier in the film where he's saying oh we need a guy in customs and then you totally forget about it until the end where you are like oh that was the guy in customs yeah which i thought was was kind of a cool uh a cool way to slip that past us where it felt it didn't feel it, it didn't feel like uh like a twist that came out of nowhere because they they planted it so early on in the film
0: it was a plant within the beginning
1: that's right it oh, all makes sense now they fleeced us bastards they
0: fleeced us they they, try, they fleeced us three ways from sunday I they mean, did
1: <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was also Jake's a lot not of,
0: dead lily's not a bitch and sort was in on it <laughs>
1: that's right we just didn't have, yeah, 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 pretty much. You covered it. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> that was a spoiler a, bomb.
0: Like I said, it, it's completely the the audience's fault if they're being spoiled right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, a 16-year-old
1: movie? I mean, yeah. 16
0: it's, years, absolutely. This is our throwback episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, there's everybody has a different opinion on what the statute of limitations is on spoilers, but I'm pretty sure 16 years is way past that.
0: I, I I think so i I mean you know I, I would hope so
1: <laughs> there was also I, I noted here a lot of style like cool like stylized choices that that the director makes like I thought the the um the personal ad kind of thing for the to, to try and find the different marks and it's like it's like placing a personal ad looking for the perfect mark and it's like must have this thing whatever and they kind of like the, the text was popping up on screen as he was like evaluating the different potential marks. I thought that was uh a really fun and visually dynamic way of, of doing that.
0: Yeah. That it was very funny. It, it's like, um, it kind of makes me think like if the movie was made today, it'd be like, you know, um, they would have showed Tinder,
1: <laughs> yeah. like
0: Tinder for con artists.
1: Swipe left.
0: <laughs> swipe left. If this is your mark, swipe right. If this is not
1: right, Exactly. <laughs> And I don't
0: even know if it's swipe left yeah, or swipe think, right. I've never been yeah, see, on Tinder. Yeah,
1: I, I was about to say that, and then you said swipe left, swipe right. I was like, okay, maybe she knows, because I don't know what's going on.
0: I, I honestly don't know. I've been married for more than a dozen years. I have no idea anything about Tinder. I'm very ignorant about that, and I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> same, same.
1: In a way, I kind of feel, in a way, I'm kind of glad that I I got out of the dating thing and I got married and all, before all of this stuff, because now it seems really confusing and convoluted. I'm like, I don't need to deal with any of that swiping stuff. Thanks, I'm good.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, um, what was that movie, He's Just Not That Into You? Like, you have to be rejected yes. seven times before you're sure he doesn't want to be with you. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. So, uh, there's Thank also you, the... <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Nice. <laughs> that's a, dude, that, that's a, a topical uh, reference. <laughs> this is
0: a pop culture show, right? <laughs> it is.
1: It is. <laughs> um, there's also the top three worst redheads, little tangent When uh, when he she shows up in the with the red hair where they run through run down why he hates that and I thought it was uh, kind of a a slick way of throwing in a little backstory for Jake talking about his mom that abandoned him and that kind of thing but without really like wallowing in that part of it because it's not really that kind of movie.
0: Yeah, there's no wallowing in this film and and I I like that actually cuz I don't want to wallow. I want to be entertained and I want to, you know, uh, the really bad guys I want them eliminated and then I want the the not so bad guys to get away with everything.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's considering the movie is like I think 93 or 97 minutes, it's very it's very brisk. Like a lot a lot happens in in the movie just because it has such a fast pace which I
0: actually like because i I can't stand films that are so long and drawn out that you're just like oh right. my god we could have been done and getting pizza in 60 minutes like right. did we really have to go and see all of this bull crap in the background no we don't and that and that's why I like how short this flick is because you know you get in you get out and you get on with your business right. <laughs> well it's kind of like just like just like a robbery
1: right I was gonna say I was gonna say actually more specifically I was gonna say like Jake and Lily in the jewelry store which was a great scene i thought that really established the uh the chemistry between Rachel Weiss and Edward Burns where they 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 basically swindle that guy out of the, out of the diamond earrings and they trick him yes. into buying the diamond earrings for for them uh, i thought that was a a great encapsulation of the kind of work that they do but it was also kind of a sort of a test for Lily i guess um and you know as you were saying i think getting in telling the story and getting out in 90 so minutes before even the audience realizes what what's going on uh, and keeping that pace going so that we don't try and figure out, we don't try and dissect what's happening on screen uh, before, you know, figure out the twists before they happen. That kind of thing uh, I think is, is it fits this kind of, this genre of film specifically more than, you know, more than it might be like, you know, a historical epic or whatever it's, uh, yes. you know, I, I you get in, he, he, he runs his con and he gets out. And at the end, we're just all, you know, uh, kind of swept up in it before we really got a chance to realize what was happening.
0: Just like the Mark, just like, uh, just like a Mark is going to exactly. then later have to pick up the pieces and, and analyze what just happened. You know, I, I think it's perfect. I th- absolutely.
1: Um, so what else? I liked uh, the moment. I liked the scene in the bar. With Leon where they sort of rein him into uh they bring the mark into the the plan, uh that recruitment scene. And I I, I uh, I've seen that actor in other things before. I think he was on like back way back in the day, like the true carry show or something. Um John Carroll Lynch, that guy. And uh I, I they did a good job creating a, a character who is Sympathetic in that he's kind of like a little bit of a sad sack, kind of saddled in this corporate job where it it feels plausible that he would sort of look the other way and downplay in his own mind how complicit he's being in what what may or may not be happening right under his nose.
0: Absolutely, I and you could totally see that character. You know, we were talking about being in a nine to five, right. you know, the soul sucking day job. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, you could see someone wanting to turn against their employer in that fashion, and that uh, I completely agree. He he played that role perfectly.
1: And then the like little things that you know, having worked in corporate America, I find are really, uh, are really kind of funny. Um, there's the whole thing where. He mentions that he's a VP, and they're like, "Oh, so you're?" It's basically you, and then the president. And he's like, "Yeah, sure, yeah." Even though we all know there's about a bazillion VPs at every large company, and that it's basically right. a nothing. It's like a nothing middle management uh, title. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. Was, I thought that was really funny, <laughs> and because you know they're talking about the bubble bursting in tech in in the tech world, and and Lily's really playing up the sexiness with him, and like kind of flirting and that kind of thing. I thought that was really. I thought that was a a fun moment where you, again, as you mentioned, sort of get to be a part of their, their crew in a way.
0: You get roped in. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you want to be part of it because they all look like they're having such a good time that you just, you can't help but get sucked in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And then of course, Jake and Lily have their love scene and all that happens. And then, it uh, it looks like which there were su- deleted
0: scenes. Yeah, tell um, me about by that. By the way, okay. So um, one of the deleted scenes that they don't show in, in most of the airings of Confidence is there's um, at the end of their escapade of them finally getting it on, um, she starts explaining her backstory and how you know the first time that she started doing something criminal was whenever she was a candy striper, uh, a guy that she met was giving her pills. And then the guy that was giving her pills um, made an advance towards her. And so she stabbed him with a scalpel and, you know, um, Jake says to him, says to her, did you kill him? And she says, I don't know. And then that's the end of the scene. But it's like you, you get this impression that, you know, they had a full conversation and they, they learned a lot about each other in those moments. And I kind of wish that those scenes hadn't been deleted because it shows how they really built rapport and that's why he was so willing to trust her to, you know, not screw him, even though the audience totally thinks she did screw him until the last moment.
1: Well, and it's also keeping it open where she stabbed this guy and was, didn't know whether or not she even killed him. I think kind of toys with your expectations on whether or not she's really malicious or whether she's, you know, what she's capable of. Like, we don't know what she's capable of. According to that deleted scene, even she doesn't know. What, what she's really done. And I think that, exactly. that lends itself to the uncertainty later on where you don't know if she's really turned against Jake or not.
0: Exactly. And I, it, you know, like I said, if you get the chance to, to find that deleted scene, I, I highly recommend checking it out. But, uh, you know, I, that's the one problem with whenever we're streaming movies versus having the DVDs, you know, cause on the DVDs, we generally get to see all the deleted scenes and all that good stuff, or you get to see the theatrical cutter, et cetera. But it is interesting that, some of the scenes that we miss out on are sometimes very storytelling. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, so, they, they, but
0: yeah. I, I liked that scene and I, I can't believe it didn't make the final cut.
1: I wonder if, you know, and maybe when they were editing the movie together, it just felt like uh, maybe the momentum slowed down too much because if, as I recall, it's the love scene and then pretty much right after that is the, in the, you know, the, I guess the present is the, um, kind of the cut to the reveal that Lily is also there while Morris chestnut is kind of threatening Jake. So maybe they just felt like, all right, look, they're all close. And then you know, the twist where are they though? Because look what's happening. Um So I wonder if maybe they felt that, that. Yeah. Makes sense. They felt like it kind of slowed the movie down in a way. Um Even though, yeah, I agree. It does give a little, a little um, useful background information on Lily. Who's who just kind of drops into this movie out of nowhere. I mean, he literally bumps into her, twice and that's how they meet and you don't really learn much about her going through the film and other than she's a pickpocket and she's really good at this and uh I guess that that's it that's lily you know she doesn't get in that way it's kind of it's in that way it's very underwritten in the way that a lot of like female lead roles tend to be where the man you know the male lead gets a lot of story and development and character and then the the woman is there to basically just in service of Of the man storyline and I feel like you know that unfortunately that's what happened here it looks like the the more details of her character kind of got stripped away in service of his story but yeah
0: well speaking of his story though I I, you know after she pickpocketed him the first time when he first comes home and realizes that he's you know had his wallet stolen. I, I was really amused by that scene because as he's walking into his apartment, he hits the button for his answering machine. I don't know if you caught it, but the three messages that are on his machine mm-hmm. are all addressed to a different person. Yes, yeah, and it so did. it's like, well, what's his real name?
1: Yeah, right, exactly. And so
0: like, you know, I think it was like Bruce and Steve or whatever. And would you call me back? And like how he's getting all these women to, to want to talk to him. And yet none of them know his real name. None of them know the real Jake. Right, until dude. Lily.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, so did, she, I did. So pick he up finally
0: on that. meets his equal. I,
1: exactly, I I did pick up on that. I thought that was uh, a very subtle way of establishing that. Oh no, he just cons everybody all the time. Like whether it's a job or whether it's just trying to you know hook up with somebody, he's just like yeah, he's always playing playing an angle basically. Yeah. Um, until yeah, he meets his match. But I mean, honestly. Even if you're involved in a life of crime, I'm pretty sure every would, everyone would drop a life of crime to to be with Rachel Vice. So, just saying, this is I out would there. drop
0: that. Right? I would drop my life to be with Rachel. Weisz.
1: I know. <laughs> she's and she's with James Bond now, so that's, uh, you know, he dropped whatever he had going on. James Bond is like, yeah, I forget this. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna uh, marry Rachel Vice, and uh, yeah, so she's really good at selling that, and uh, you know, this is. One obviously, one of her films that i hadn't seen, and everything literally everything I've seen her, and I'm like, man she's so great in everything. How is she so great in everything like she's, she's charming, she's beautiful, she's intelligent, she brings all these different things to all the different characters, and then seeing her kind of play a different wrinkle of her you know her her skill set here, I thought was was, um, was really was really fun and uh, just make me, makes me appreciate her as an actress even more
0: yeah she's very she's very versatile right faces mm-hmm.
1: of Rachel. Exactly.
0: (laughs) That should be her autobiography. The
1: faces of Rachel. (laughs) You're volunteering to ghostwrite it for her.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine how cool that would be to like do? And yet, at the same time, I'd be terrified that I'd screw it up.
1: (laughs) Well, that would also be a really hard thing to work on and not get credit for. So you'd be like, can I be like at the? You know how you see a lot of celebrity biopics where it's like. Kim Kardashian with so and so, and you're like, okay, so so and so did all the writing, basically, is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, okay, fine. I guess I don't actually want to (laughs) ghostwrite that because I'm I'm far too vain to keep my mouth shut about something like that. To sign an NDA for that, no, I can't. That'd be rough. That'd be rough. That'd be really rough. So fine, I'll write the unauthorized biography. There you go, (laughs) under my name. And then later we'll have a, a you know a, a statement that comes out from her PR person that said I have nothing to do with this. She wrote it on her own. I did not contribute in any way. But I that, just did a little bit of, uh, for, of foreshadowing.
1: There you go. <laughs> that's your secret plan. That's your that's your secret project that you're working on right it now. Is. Isn't
0: it is. I I just it, that's my real secret project. You you found me out. See. I was trying to fleece you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I am not writing a a book about Rachel Weiss.
1: I like I love that you feel the need <laughs> to clarify that as if people can't tell that we were joking.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I yeah, would read a book for, about
1: Rachel for, Weiss. For legal reasons, I need to clarify. For that. legal
0: reasons, I'm I'd like to clarify... state for the record
1: that I am not writing an unauthorized <laughs> biography of Rachel Weiss as the preceding joke has implied.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, now if I do get internet famous, all of these words are going to come back to haunt me.
1: There you go. That's what we're here for. To we're here to fleece, uh, to fleece our guests on the Cricket Table podcast.
0: Well fleece you, man.
1: Yeah, fleece you
0: too. <laughs> fleece you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, back to the film, I guess. So uh, it's whenever I see a movie like this, and someone says that, "Oh, this shady thing or whatever happened in my past," I feel like it always takes place in Tampa. Because the whole Bhutan flashback right? is in Tampa. Oh my gosh. Which spoilers, yes. listeners? That's where I am right now. So it's this is this is the way that the world sees Tampa, Florida, and I think that's hilarious. It's always well, that I mean, place, like was, oh, there... some shit went down in Tampa. Like, well, yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Well, I mean, a couple things. First of all, there actually was a petition for a while to rename Florida the Freak Show State instead of the Sunshine State. I don't know if you knew about this. It was I many years not. ago. Yeah, there was an that. actual petition. I, I don't know how many it. signatures were. I don't know how many signatures were on it, but I know who was behind it, and I think it's hilarious. And um, also, you know, just like in the confidence game, how we we keep seeing uh, Rachel Weiss's character showing off her sexiness to try to to you know get the Mark's attention and all that good stuff. Well, you can't spell Tampa without TNA.
1: It's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> it's a town known for its strip clubs, so you know.
0: Absolutely. Well and I mean think about it. even our strip clubs make it into some of the um most popular rap songs. That's yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I remember when The Punisher was shot was shot here in two thousand I guess the movie came out in two thousand four, so it probably shot the year that this movie came out in two thousand three. Uh there was a yeah. lot, there were like shots of the exterior of like, you know, two thousand one Odyssey and like, you know, uh the Falk Theater, like very notable like um locales in within Tampa. And that was well. And I mean, really even deal.
0: Malio's was his uh, was his uh, like headquarters in the Punisher. Oh yeah, that's right. And yet, and yet, when they talk about Tampa in the Confidence movie, um, if I'm not mistaken, the scene they showed that wasn't Tampa. <laughs>
1: no, I don't believe it was. Yeah, I
0: don't. think I so. mean, everything I was looking at in that shot because I even paused it and was like doing a frame by frame trying to see if anything recognizable from Tampa this? was there. Yeah, I'm like, this is not Tampa. Who lied? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, They fleeced us. <laughs> they did. They did. Bastards.
0: Can't even get our city right. You're gonna go and call us out for being a problem, and yet you're not even showing the right things.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Filming in Florida is, is not... like they. I think they used to be more of a tax cut or a tax credit or whatever to filming here, but I think that we don't really have... we don't really offer that very much anymore, so... Everybody's shooting things like for example all the Marvel movies are shot on in these giant sound stages in Atlanta. So all those movies are made there. Uh Georgia must have like I guess offer a better like tax incentive for filmmakers than Florida. So we just get counterfeit Tampa in this movie unfortunately.
0: Counterfeit Tampa. Oh my god. That's <laughs> hilarious.
1: They should have compromised on the TNA thing and at least like on the Welcome to Tampa sign had the 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 first A, the M and the uh, the P like small or something. They Have the T and the A on size purr. be bigger. Something, something. That'd be, Come on. that
0: would have been hilarious. <laughs> so I think we're kind Call of your congressman.
1: I know, right? This is I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and everybody has all these issues. I'm not gonna get into politics, but, but everybody's had a little t- this? yeah. This is this should be our priority. <laughs> forget about forget about the controversy over like border security and and Who you know, cares all these about other things like and right. all
0: this other crap. <laughs>
1: This is the important issues. You heard it right here on the Ed, table. Podcast. We're, we're
0: here. To, we're here to talk about the important issues. <laughs> no, we're not. Absolutely not.
1: There you go again. Clarifying. You're like, don't, don't, don't use this against me, guys.
0: I don't care if you try to use it against me. I know I'm full <laughs> of shit anyway.
1: <laughs> well, I mean that's part of being a writer. I mean, I think I always tell. Uh, I always Just tell being Kai. Full of shit? Sort of. I always tell Kai. I'm like, that's you know one of the best. One of the best things that came out of my English degree is the ability to write like 500 words on literally anything with nothing, basically very little information to work from. It's just like, I can, you can spin content out of nothing. It's basically sort of a low key version of a bullshit artist in a way.
0: Oh my God. As writers, we're we're con artists. Right.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. I've learned something. We've all learned something about ourselves today.
0: Yeah. That all, all, uh, all content creators. Hey, there is con and content That's creation.
1: True. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think we're kind of winding down with the, the film itself and then we can get to final thoughts. So good.
0: Because yeah, if we're not careful, this will be as long as the movie. That's true. We're <laughs> getting
1: there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and just like the movie, I want to, you know, we want to jump on the podcast, jump off before people have a realize, have any time to realize what they've just heard.
0: Exactly. We don't
1: want to blow anybody's mind um so
0: oh and one last spoiler alert everything we've said in this entire entire podcast none of it happened in the movie
1: that's true spoilers
0: (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine wouldn't that be be like the best ending of ever like everything we just said about this movie did not exist reviewing
1: a fictional movie basically yeah oh i thought it was crazy there you go
0: that's your that's your next episode.
1: Oh, I have to see if April April first falls on a publishing day of the podcast because that would be hilarious. Like, and then That'd the part, when the, and then the part when the aliens came down, and I was like, "What? What is going on?" They just flew into the center of the Earth, and there was like dinosaurs, and shit was exploding everywhere. I don't know. That sounds like a great movie. I'm gonna start writing that now.
0: I think I think April first is actually a Monday. When do you publish?
1: <laughs> Mondays. We post on Mondays.
0: Are you serious? That's serious. hysterical. Now you know what you have to do. I, yep, April Fool's Day is a Monday in 2019. Oh, wow. There you go. I just set you up for the perfect episode. You just
1: did. But uh, now you're gonna
0: have to cut this out so I that know. nobody knows what's coming. Damn.
1: I can't let people. I can't <laughs> let people know my secrets. So the finale here, uh, everybody, pretty much everybody gets arrested. It's basically the perfect ending uh, for for the main characters. All the bad guys get arrested. Jake's not dead. Lily and him and uh, Paul Giamatti and the other got Miles. I forgot the actor's name. They just ride into the sunset uh, with Bhutan getting his cut because he's the guy from Customs. Uh, So any thoughts on that finale? I mean, I guess you you love it because they get out. I mean, that's what we all want. That's what the whole movie builds to
0: absolutely i think it's i think it's perfect it's it's not quite oceans 11 where they're walking away from the fountains of the bellagio perfect but it's pretty damn close mm-hmm.
1: did you the first time you <laughs> saw this did you were there any twists towards the end that you totally didn't see coming or were you kind of like eh, i thought that might happen
0: yeah i think I, I expected all of them right yeah yeah i just kind of wish that lupus had died faster that's yeah, the only thing I could, yeah we don't like. We don't like him. <laughs> how, how are you going to go and kill Big uh, Big Al? It didn't even let him finish his food.
1: I know. Come See, on. That, that was his character. That was Big Al's character quirk. He dies five minutes into the movie, but his character quirk is how much he loves sandwiches. I thought that was well not time. just
0: sandwiches, but he was eating Chinese food yeah. and, and he didn't right even in the to finish his,
1: it. Right in the middle of his egg foo young, they say too.
0: And yet, Lupus calls it kung pao chicken.
1: Right. Yeah. Plot hole. It's a little bit yeah, inconsistent. Yeah, he couldn't
0: even—he couldn't even get that right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Lupus, <laughs> jackass. Bastard. <laughs> so, Lupus, the jacket. Are there are, are any final thoughts on confidence? I mean, you've seen it several times, including yesterday. So, uh, oh, I'm gonna
0: go watch it again right now. Wow, no, kidding, that's, no, that's, no.
1: that's 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 com- <laughs> that's commitment. Uh, so, what you know, what what would you say to people that haven't seen this movie to recommend it? And, uh, I mean, I would ask if it still holds up after the first time you saw it, but you literally just watched it and you still love it. So, uh, so yeah, what would you, people there like me that are either haven't seen this or have barely heard of it, what would you tell them to recommend to check it out?
0: I would say that if you liked Robin Hood and Ocean's 11, you should totally watch this too. Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's anything... Particularly, like it's not a groundbreaking movie, but it's it's just a fun addition to the genre. And uh, yeah, it's definitely you know, not groundbreaking. There's, get, uh, there's
0: there's no ground broken in this entire movie.
1: Right, pretty much. It's <laughs> it's a ground free zone. You, uh, if you're
0: shocked by anything that happens in this movie, you really need to watch more movies. Pretty much, exactly.
1: But you get some yeah. Rachel Weiss, you get some Rachel, um, you get some um, Paul Giamatti, you get some Dustin yeah. Hoffman being. Kind of gross but also fun to watch. And Edward Burns doing his Edward Burns thing. I mean, I think it's telling that we talked about this movie for about an hour and we didn't really talk much about Edward Burns. I think he's he's fine. I think he just kind of does his Burnsian thing, I guess. Whatever that is.
0: <laughs> he's all right. He's, he's all right. He's, I think... not the most, he's not the most important thing in the movie. Right. <laughs> he exactly. mean, just because he's the star doesn't mean he's important.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you see him in this movie and. And, you know, he's he's fine as his character, but then you also sort of understand why he's not really a thing anymore. You're like, okay, there's nothing really exceptional about this guy. I mean, he's kind of good. He's kind of good looking. He's kind of got some swagger and stuff, but there's nothing that really, you know, he's the lead of this movie and he doesn't really pop. He's kind of uh, upstaged by pretty much everybody around him. So
0: he's a good looking, boring guy. Pretty much that you want to win. Uh,
1: So, Ashley, why don't you tell people listening where they can find you online?
0: You can find me at FamousAshleyGrant.com or I am on Facebook and Instagram at FamousAshleyGrant.
1: Ashley, thank you for being on the Crooked Table podcast. This was fun. And, thank uh, you for we'll, having we'll me. Have to, we'll have to do this again sometime.
0: Yes, that'd be, that'd be awesome. and I'll, uh, Maybe we could do it about Fight Club if we can ever find yeah. a way, a loophole around not being allowed to talk about Fight Club.
1: I know. You'll have to see if uh, Tyler Durden will give you an a exception. Kind of or hey, day.
0: maybe maybe just maybe we could actually talk about a current film.
1: There you go. <laughs> or that. If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob.